Hi, Jason. This is David Ardley from Switzerland. Looking forward to your next design cast. Hello, I'm JD, and I listen to Design Cast from Qingdao, China. Hi, I'm Linda, and I listen to Design Cast from Milwaukee. Hello and welcome to DesignCast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Regan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. To another episode of DesignCast. And on this episode, I had the opportunity to speak to my high school industrial arts teacher, Coach Todd Vandervelde. Coach, as he is known, has been a source of inspiration to me throughout my teaching career. He has, and he is just an all around awesome guy. And listening to him talk about his 37 year teaching career is really wonderful. I had such a pleasure chatting with him about what he's up to now and how things used to be way back when you can check out his students metalwork at rocketmfg.org all their social media contacts are right there on their website i highly recommend having a look also if you want to stop and leave me a voicemail i'd love to hear from you hey who knows it might even show up in a future episode of Designcast. so i would love to hear from you so please swing by anchor the link is in the show notes Additionally, I would love it if you could share this podcast with anyone you feel might find it useful. So thanks so much for continuing to tune in. I look forward to hearing from you all. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat I had with Coach V.
Welcome back to another edition of DesignCast, and I am extremely excited to have Todd Vandervelde here with me today, and I'll let him introduce himself in a minute, but what's really exciting here is that Coach Vandervelde, as he's often known by, was my industrial arts teacher for four years, from 1988 to 1992 when I graduated high school, and so we are reconnecting and chatting, and so I'm so excited to share this time with everybody. So thanks, Coach, for I know you're getting up early as I'm getting ready to uh, slow down for the day, but thank you so much for being here. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun, I hope. So Coach, can you just tell everyone what you're currently doing, and then we'll kind of go go back and find out kind of how you got there. Well, I am currently teaching at Rock Valley High School in Rock Valley, Iowa, which is way up in the northwest corner of Iowa. I'm teaching industrial technology that I've been teaching now for 37 years. And I just, you know, just teach a lot of fun classes that I've always enjoyed. And I've always kind of wanted to teach construction, metal, fabrication, welding, CAD. Um, I also sponsor TSA, which is Technology Student Association. But that's kind of where I'm at here in Rock Valley, just hoping, you know, enjoying these end of my years of my teaching career and just having fun. So I know we always had fun with you, coach, and we'll, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. But so how did you get into education to begin with? What prompted you to become an educator? Well, I guess my mom was a teacher and I think I always kind of liked being around and instructing young kids. When I was in high school, I did a lot of summer rec. So I was coaching like baseball, softball, things like that. Just really always kind of wanted to be a teacher. Industrial tech was one of those areas where I just really felt it was a hobby of mine. It was a love of mine, a passion of mine. And I just thought that would just be a perfect fit. I kind of always wanted to do it since I've probably been in junior high. So it's kind of always fit for me. That's awesome. I can't tell you, this is, we're almost 40 episodes into this podcast and nearly every person I talk to has something like that that's happened with them, some event or some person who's sort of inspired them to become a teacher. So that's really exciting that, and you know, I often say, if you love what you do, you never really go to work. And so it sounds like you really love what you're doing. Yes. Tell us a little bit sort of what are what are some of the classes that you teach? Because, you know, as I'm sure you're very well aware, I know I'm aware as a student and then a teacher, all the different iterations that industrial arts or shop or tech ed have gone through. So what do you currently teach? That's a a good point because industrial tech is quite unique because in, in the state of Iowa, anyway, there's such a variety of, you know, small communities to large cities. So we follow standards, but basically we can kind of meet the needs of our own local community. And right here in Rock Valley, we are just locally heavy weighted with metal industries. So we do teach the construction class, or at least I do. I teach metal fabrication, welding, and that as such thing. I do do some SolidWorks CAD class. I teach an introduction to technology, kind of a problem solving class. We have nine periods a day, which is quite unique. Yeah, we get one planning period. So it's a busy day. We go, you know, I have to teach eight classes and basically have three minutes between each. So we have one planning period and eight classes. So it does keep us busy. But one thing that's very unique to Rock Valley that I'm excited about, and I imagine we'll talk about this a little bit more, but we teach a class called Rocket Manufacturing. Now, we don't manufacture rockets, but we rockets, we're the Rock Valley Rockets. So we call this class at the Rocket Manufacturing. We run a local, a student run business. And that's just been really kind of cool. We've been doing this. This is our sixth year of doing that. And the kids actually come in and fabricate items for people. People come in and approach us. We set the kids up, Mm -hmm. go out in the community. And it's just been really a cool program for us. We have a lot of 
great partnerships here in Rock Valley, a lot of local support. It's a great community to work in because I know a lot of the business owners, partnerships we've we've been able to establish over the years is just incredible. They're very supportive and it's just been really a fun class to teach. So Yeah, I was going to ask you when it said rocket manufacturing, if you were, you know, building fireworks or <laughs> No, no. Like a little concerning, wouldn't it be? So That's funny. Well, it sounds fantastic. I mean, so many communities, it's hard to find those partnerships to team up with schools because, I mean, schools aren't high up on the priority list in a lot of places. You know, it's where your kids go when you're not home kind of thing. And so I think it's great that you guys are so connected. And do they help with any of the TSA stuff that you might be doing? And do they help with any of that? Or Anytime I ask for support, it is, like I said, very interesting. We This community is just under 4,000 people. It's not a large community. And yet we have lots of people that are willing to help. You know, they're very supportive of, of what we're trying to accomplish at the school. We have advisory committees that kind of help us decide what we should be teaching. And I've always had plenty of volunteers for that. But with TSA too, if I ask somebody who's an expert at forensic science, for example, there's a guy that comes from Spencer about an hour away to help us with that. And, wow. you know, that was one of our events for TSA. And I have my local alumnus come back and come back and help share some of their ideas of what they did back when they were in high school for their events. And then they share with their, the kids that are doing those events. But it's been just a one thing that I've been able to do if I'd done anything well is just find resources and bring them in because I don't know that much at times. And <laughs> it's fun to listen to people that really know what they're doing. And it, a lot to the kids, it means a lot to me. So so I, I want to say, Coach, I'm going to go ahead and do this too, because I often have people on this podcast who talk about their inspiration. And for me, that was you. What you did and, and how you made me feel as a student has prompted me and inspired me to be the teacher that I am today. And I want to thank you for that. You're, and I know that you're, my, <laughs> you're a wonderful human being. And I will say too, that there is not a day that goes by that something happens in a school or in the community. And I don't ask myself, okay, what would Coach do? Oh. Uh, because my brother and I both feel the same way. And my brother was two years behind me and you had him in class as well. And we both feel really inspired by you. And so we want to thank you for that. And I know he's thanked you in the past, but I want to thank you as well, because it's rare that you're able to thank the people who have had an impact on you. And so I want to thank you. And I can only imagine in your 37 years, how many people have had that same experience with you. So I do want to thank you for all of them. Wow, thank you. And- <laughs> it's kind of humbling because I think what happens as teachers, we have to understand that most every word we share means something to somebody. And really the philosophy of what I've always tried to do is not so much what I teach, but just building relationships with kids. Mm. It, it makes what you do so much more fun mm. when, you, when you, you see the kids come in and want to hear what you've done or what they've done mm. and, and have that relationship built first. Then they're, then they're willing to learn a little bit in the meantime, but that's, that's secondary. <laughs> Let's, let's get to know each other first. So, but thank you for that very extremely kind <laughs> compliment. I've wanted to thank you for a long time, coach. And again, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do that. So I want to thank you for that. I will say that you've affected people from around the world because I've worked in four countries and 23 years myself. And so thank you again. I do appreciate it. And I'm sure that the students you teach now feel very lucky to have you. But I'm sure too that you have some challenges in what you're doing. You mentioned you teach a lot of classes every day and that kind of thing. But what are some other things that are challenging to you in your program? Well, I 
think with anything, it's at the time, you know, with mm. things changing as quick as they are, you know, with our, for example, with our rocket manufacturing class, we have CNC, a CNC lathe and a CNC mill. Well, that's something that really I should be working on every day for eight hours to figure out how to teach kids. And, and, <laughs> and when I'm trying to teach six, six other classes and teach yeah. that class and learn some other technology, that's frustrating for me because I really don't feel like, I feel like I know a little bit about everything, but no expert mm-hmm. in anything. And that's probably my biggest frustration is I really would like to be able to get to know things a lot better, but time restraints are always there. I completely empathize with that. I think that anyone listening would probably feel exactly the same way. We never have enough time to do what it is we really want to do. Shop is a busy place, right? I mean, to manage the materials, the the manpower, the the tools, it takes a lot. And so, do you have any help? Do you are you all by yourself in your department, or is someone else there, or how does I, that work? I am the only industrial tech teacher, but I have uh, Michael Weber is the egg teacher there in Rock Valley, and he's he's a good oh. friend. And also, he and I teach rocket manufacturing together. As a matter of fact, we do it team teach. He and I teach rocket manufacturing with also the business teacher here in Rock Valley. So we basically have eight kids in the office that run, you know, the, the social media, the uh, the invoicing, the billing, and all that kind of stuff. And then he and I, Mike and I, basically run the shop part. So we work with the twenty kids that are out in the shop fabricating projects. So we. We do do that one class team teach and that's a block period so it's two periods but the other classes the other six classes i teach are all on my own so we always have that community of of the people in the district around here that we get a touch base with and i kind of look and go see what they're doing and then they come see what we're doing so you have that luxury of, of kind of comparing what everybody's doing Sure. And so back to the rocket manufacturing, what sort of products do you guys actually fabricate? Well, right now we're making feed bunks for a local farmer. Um, they're 20 foot long, get them bent locally, and then the rest of it we fabricate right on site there. We also do lots of continuous fence. You know, we're in an agriculture mm. area. We're in the middle sure. of there's more pigs here than people, you know. So <laughs> we have cattle, we have a lot of confinement. So there are a lot of people that are needing custom made gates and fence and things like that. But yeah, we we make a lot of things. We have a plasma cutter, so we do a lot oh, of wow. cutting on the plasma. But basically, yeah, we'll we'll basically custom make anything. So the the key is, of course, to get the kids paired up with the mm-hmm. partner of the with the customer the whole process. So they see, granted, they're gonna learn some skills, technical skills, but primarily we're looking at the soft skills. How do they react with customers and how do they handle those type of things? So regardless if they go into this field or not, they're getting skills that are developed that basically are going to help them with whatever job they've got. So it's been a really cool program for us to kind of hit all the aspects of of what it means to be an employee. Now, how long have you been there in Rock Valley? Because I know you moved away because we you taught me in Georgia. And what year did you leave Georgia? I left in 1996 and I moved to Rock Valley that summer of 96. And basically I've been here now. This is what my 25th year. I believe I taught <laughs> two years in Fulton County at a middle school, yeah. 10 okay. years at Kylo high school, which were mm-hmm. probably the most instrumental for yes. me because I just, I, I just met some of the most incredible people down in, mm-hmm. in, in Georgia. I still mm-hmm. have some of my closest friends that I will ever have in Georgia. As a matter of fact, just a year and a half, ago, I met a lot of my friends that we met through church. Uh, mm-hmm. We went to Israel for two weeks and oh, it was wow. like 
we went for to there and I met these people that I hadn't seen for 23 or four years. And it was like, we had been gone a week and it was just so cool to touch base with them again. The mm -hmm. people in Georgia are just the nicest people and just the down to earth people. And I just I really cherish and have great memories of my time in Georgia. And it was just instrumental for my wife and I to move away from the small community because I grew up here and then move back to a community where I told myself, I'm never going to go back to my hometown, <laughs> but lo and behold, yeah, here God has me. And, I, and I'm convinced this is where he wants me. And it makes it easy when you know that this is where God has you and use you. So, you know, again, I, I remember being uh, sad in a, in a way that when you moved away, because I was away at college at the time and my brother said, oh, coach has, has moved back home. And I'm just thinking, oh, the kids at Shiloh are going to miss out. You know, that was my, my number one thought was they don't get to have the experience that I got to have. And I can even distinctly remember we were one of the first classrooms. Your classroom was one of the first to get like a computer. Oh, um, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you, we were, we were, we were all figuring out how to work with AutoCAD. I think it was like version was, two or three. It was called MiniCAD at the time. It was on a Mac. <laughs> I, I still have, it, it, it certainly has gone, gone a long way since it, then. It's definitely right. changed. Yes, yes sir. And <laughs> it was something. And I just, I have very fond memories, very distinct memories. And I still do some technical drawing and I'm still using uh, the skills that you taught me and the awesome coincidence here. And I, I think it's more than a coincidence, but my current role is in helping students prepare for whatever it is they're going to do after high school, whether it's university or what have you, but it's much more in sort of digital based world where sure. yours sounds like it's a lot more in the manual. Now do kids leave Rock Valley and go to university? Do they stay there and work? What kind of happens usually with well, your that, students? That's a great question to ask because our intent is to try to keep them yeah. understanding that there are such great opportunities right here in our small community. You know, a lot of our community industries deal with people around the world. You know, they, they sell mm -hmm. things around the world. Um, even though we are a small community, there's probably not a whole lot of manufacturing things that cannot be built right here in our community, but there's a lot of opportunities and that's what we're trying to keep our kids. A lot of them think, well, I got to move out of, you know, got to move to a bigger city to become somebody, but you can make such a good mm -hmm. living career right here in our local towns. That's kind of what we're always focused on, just to give them opportunities, you know, if they need to move mm -hmm. on. I, I moved to a big city and I found myself back there <laughs> 12 years later. So there's something different about a small community. It's a unique situation. I'm really hopeful that there are lots of other programs like that around the country that are trying to keep people sort of based in their where they grew up and, and that sort of thing. And I'm actually seeing it in my work overseas, too, that the, instead of leaving your small town, you're leaving your country and you're going to, let's say, North America to study. And the idea is that we hope those students will come back to their home country sure. and bring that knowledge with them. And so it's, it's not very different, actually. The goal is sort of the same in, in a way. So, and I'll tell you, I'm really, really excited to hear that you guys are also working with authentic clients because one thing I think anyone listening who works with students would say, one of the hardest things they have is finding authentic clients and authentic audience members for their work. And so do students go out and find them or do you guys find them and then they connect that way or What's sort of the way that works? We do a lot of stuff on social media to try to encourage people mm -hmm. to approach us just like any other business might be, I guess. And then we 
have the kids always make contacts with these people for jobs. Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, there might be times we go out to some of the local industries and say, hey, what CNC projects can we do? Really want to push our kids to make the connections and communicate, you know, getting on the phone with people is not something that kids do naturally. (laughs) So um, they like to text people in in short Mm -hmm. sentences, but we like to have them get out and actually meet face to face or just make those phone conversations. So yeah, it works both, you know, both ways, I believe. So Mm -hmm. I think that's great because I, I want folks to know there's all kinds of ways to do this. And because you don't have to go across the world to find someone, um, just look next door, right? And try to find your client that way. Absolutely. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So coach, what are you really, really excited about at the moment in, in what you're doing and in your school? It's a trying time at school, COVID situation. We have some mm-hmm. kids that are very few out with COVID at this moment, but mm-hmm. we have some remote learners, which that's mm-hmm. Kind of, mm-hmm. that's difficult because then they're not actually, since my classes are such hands-on classes, that makes it very difficult. But what I'm excited about, we've just received a STEM grant with some about $10,000. We've got some RPP money that's been available for us. So we're able to, we've been looking at getting some new equipment that we're going to be able to use and, and expose the kids to. And that's mm-hmm. always exciting because, you know, we have to continually get these kids excited about what's currently out there. We want them using the most current technology. We want them to see what industries here in Rockefeller are using. These grant monies, it's easy to do that and get some fairly expensive machinery in our shop that we can show the kids how it's being done and how it's being done right. So we're getting mm-hmm. new welders. We're getting a new uh, slip form molder. We've got a new brake. we got, you know, some, and these are huge pieces of equipment that can actually yeah. do some bending of some really large material. And, and then, mm-hmm. we can, then we can expand our opportunities for these kids to build things and fabricate things. So when I moved back from uh, overseas, at one point, I took a job in a local high school in near Atlanta. And it was heartbreaking because it was in the middle of the tech ed movement. And there was a shop that they completely dismantled oh. and put in <laughs> modules. <laughs> And all of that wonderfully built equipment that had been around for, could be around for a hundred years, was just auctioned off or just gotten rid of. And it was heartbreaking to me. I still think about it 20 years later. And so did Rock Valley ever go through that kind of movement? Was there ever a moment where they wanted to get rid of the shops and then put well, in that these? Was kind of the reason why it was the timing was perfect for me because they started ah. thinking about doing that in Shiloh. where right. I was And I just felt that was a terrible mistake. Like yes. you said, there are hands-on skills that these kids don't have an opportunity <laughs> to learn. And I think that's why my classes are fairly popular because, mm-hmm. you know, kids have every kid in our school has a laptop, of course. I mean, they mm-hmm. have an iPad. So they're on the computer all the time. And and not that I don't use the computer because we still do our building materials and all our planning and stuff on there. But we do get out in the classroom and we do build things. And, and there's such a need for those type of mm-hmm. skills, you know, the trade skills of, you know, how to fix something and, and see something. <laughs> And, and mechanically in your mind, understand how to kind of break it apart and problem solve. And that's just a tragic mistake, I think. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> in a way 
in a lot of communities or a lot of mm. schools or states. That hasn't been the case here in Iowa, which is I'm grateful for. So mm -hmm. that's kind of why I can do yeah. the, the new stuff with the, the computers, the CAD and all that kind of stuff. But also we can still do the construction and the, the fabrication part of the metal. Sure. And do you still do any technical drawing by hand, any manual um, drawing? I do one drawing a year with my kids. It's <laughs> complained throughout the entire thing. <laughs> it takes so long. But yeah, the, yeah, that's a whole debatable issue yeah. with industrial tech teachers as well. But I'm more into mm -hmm. let's let's spend the time wisely and introduce new things because the neatness aspect has been taken out of the equation, which is sad, but we're able to get so many more things done because of the time that's not taken yes. to do the, that kind of part of that drawing. So I still think though, those skills that I learned by holding a pencil and using oh, yeah. a pencil pointer and all those have, have helped me be better with the digital tools, right? Well, I mean, to right. understand them. You are definitely right. I think that that is definitely a point. I can distinctly remember, oh gosh, it's been about 10 years ago now I was at a school in China and I was doing a, a drawing unit by hand. One of the parents came in to deliver their lunch to their child or something and saw me doing that and he came over and thanked me because he did that in school. <laughs> and he's like, they need to know how to do this. <laughs> It was great. It was great. And, and actually, what I'm finding is a lot of, at least the students at my school, they have iPads with the Apple Pencil, and they're becoming really quite good with drawing with that. I'm kind of okay. It's a happy medium for me. I still yeah. think they should be dealing with graphite. Yeah. No, they do that here too. You know, they just love drawing on, you know, sketching on the pads. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so, well, I, I, this is so great, Coach, and I love talking with you. What's some kind of ed tech tool that you cannot live without? What do you guys oh. use? I know you mentioned uh, you do use the computer some. What are you using well, that you can't I, live without? Primarily all of our stuff. We're paperless pretty much. We do everything on Google, Google Classroom, Google Docs, right. Google Forms. I give all my tests on Google Forms. I don't know how I used to do it without that. You know? <laughs> um, because everything is so much easier to maintain and keep track of and grade and everything else. So that has just been a huge the direction that we're that we are in and and uh, it's working well. So absolutely. And I have a an interesting question that I did not send you prior, and that sure. is: Is there any practice in your classroom that you were doing in your very first year of, of teaching that you're still doing? Huh. Well, I guess the practice uh, in construction, for example, if we're doing woodworking project, it's never changed. We still plan it. We still draw it out. We still figure out a bill of materials because, of course, anytime you do a project, you need to probably know what it's going to cost before you start. And that process has never changed. You know, there's been a lot of things that have changed in 37 years industrial tech. <laughs> that one has not. I don't always like that. But planning and preparing and have an idea of what you're doing before you get out there is something that I will not ever change that I see. So Yeah, I, I think that there is a real need for trades that need to be back in the community because it's for so long, everyone pushed for college, college, college. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but you still also need to have skills <laughs> because Absolutely. even just fixing something that's come undone or what have you, I can't tell you the number of repairs I've done on my apartment living overseas that everyone else would have called someone to do. <laughs> I'm like, so Jason, I'm never going to pay anybody <laughs> to fix anything in my house. 
Um, but no, not if I can help it. <laughs> I spent my entire summers basically doing construction and fixing jobs for people. So I've never had to advertise. Yes, sir. Plenty busy. So, and one thing I want to ask, Coach, is after we're through talking, I'd love to get any Instagram or Twitter feed from your school. Um, yes. I saw you've got a, a website there, just so that we can kind of follow what your kids are doing. I think sure. that anyone would love to see that because it's a really, really unique program you have going on there. And I would love to see some of these fences and sure. gates and things that you've manufactured because I think it would be really neat for some folks to see. Because, for example, the number one thing at our school that we do is filmmaking. We do film making and we do podcasting and we do audio. And so it's a little bit different in my shop than it is yours, (laughs) but in the end, I'm still following the same process, right? Absolutely. (laughs) It's just been so great to talk to you, coach. I I can't, uh, I have so many things I want to talk to you about, of course, (laughs) but I'm sure you have to get ready for work and things like that. But uh, just a few other things. If today you decided, okay, this is my last year of teaching. What would you do after you finish teaching? That is something I've been thinking about more and more (laughs) Um, I am getting to, I don't know how many more years I'm going to teach, three, four, five. But I think what's nice is that the skills that I've been teaching are skills that I can continue to use outside of the, you know, the classroom. I can go and and do maintenance. I can go and do construction. I can go and do, you know, fix it jobs for people. I'm I'm thinking that's something that would be kind of fun. I would love to go people that are in need, you know, and I do um, mission trips or whatever it is, try to do those once a year in our church. So those are skill sets that maybe I can use and, and sure. you know, continue to have relationships with people because that's mm-hmm. what I love to do. And that's going to be the hardest part about retiring, Jason, is mm-hmm. I live right on the corner. I live across the street from the school I teach. Oh, wow. I live right <laughs> on the corner. So when the kids leave, they stop and they talk and they, you know, we get it talking. And that part of teaching is going to really be missed by me because mm-hmm. after three or four years, these kids won't know who I am. And uh, at least hopefully I can continue to find some way to connect with them. So trust me, coach, everyone will know who you are. <laughs> Don't you don't you dare worry about that. And I so that's fun. So well, uh, once this COVID thing sort of lifts and, and we have a bit more normalcy, you'll just have to come over to Korea and come oh, and wow. come check out what we've got. <laughs> be interesting, absolutely, Coach. I will tell you this: the one thing I've learned that's consistent, and that is, teenagers are teenagers, no matter where you go in the world, and they're going to do teenager things. It just depends on the degree of how much teenager things they do, you know. But that's kind of what they are. Is and 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 like you said, I enjoy being around them. There's an energy that comes from working with young people. And I think that people who've never done that have no idea what that energy is like. They are a blast <laughs> at times, aren't they? <laughs> oh, they are certainly something to keep you on your toes. I'll tell you that. Exactly. Much. <laughs> Coach, this has been such a pleasure. Thank oh, you thank so, you. so much for, for chatting with me. I know that everyone's going to really get a kick out of hearing about the things that you're doing. And it is so interesting to hear the work that you guys are doing. And I am I can't wait to check these things out through Instagram or whatever your sure. kids are setting up. I, I would love to see these this rocket manufacturing products and I hope to share them in our show notes so people can watch those as well and check out that space. But so thank you so much, coach. And I'm sure you've got to get to work soon. <laughs> and well, so I my, really appreciate the fact that you've been thought of asking me to do this. It's been a lot of fun. I love reconnecting with you, Jason, and just yes, chatting. sir. So we will do this again before 28 years or whatever. It's got got to be sooner than 28 years next time. Uh, Yes, sir. Sounds great. (laughs) Thank you so much, Coach. You bet. Talk to you soon. (laughs) 
I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon.